everybody. Welcome back. It's officially 2021. This is going to be our first podcast of the new year. Uh, yeah, as you can see, we're not in the studio right now. We're doing this over the phone and via like we like back in the old days of last year in, uh, you know, in March of 2020 when the whole COVID situation hit. Uh, we had to do these through the phone. So the first person that's on here today, you guys will realize who it is as soon as he speaks because he's a very familiar voice to this channel. Uh, Jake Benkinney, how are you doing? And Happy New Year, Jake. Happy New Year to everyone out there listening. I'm doing pretty good, Donnie. It's great to be back, and we've got some exciting topics to talk about today. Yeah, it is very exciting, and I will say one thing. We really didn't get, get the opportunity to um, talk about best and worst films of 2020 and like we've done for the last two years uh, in 2019 and 2018 because there really was not that many films that came out in the theater or big blockbuster films. They kind of got pushed to this year, and hopefully they still stay here this year. So what we're going to talk about here, and I, and I think we're going to talk about this first, uh, let's talk about the films that we're looking forward to because we are going to switch over to TV series coming up here too. But let's talk about the film section first. Jake, what is your first or first couple of films that you're looking for, forward to in the year 2021? Well, I know there's one here that we both have in common that is an obvious one. So I'm actually going to skip that particular one, save that for a little bit later. And I'm going to mention a couple that I'm curious about. I won't necessarily say I'm looking forward to them, but I want to see how they go, because they're reboots of some classics we had. So, the first one I'm going to mention here is Coming to America. It's an Eddie Murphy film, and the original one, when did the original one come out? Give me a second. Yeah, that's a classic, by the way. Oh, no, it's only giving me, 1988 is when the first one came out classic comedy movie and I'm curious to see where they go with it in a you know 2021 setting a return to this because that's a movie I never expected to see a sequel of so that could be interesting yeah, Eddie Murphy is kind of an actor that you haven't really seen in quite a while. Now, I'm not really familiar with, I didn't really hear rumor of this. So explain to me, is it actually a sequel? Is it like a spinoff? Is it like recasted? Is it still Eddie Murphy showing up? So it's still Eddie Murphy. Um, and so I'm saying it's a sequel because so how they have it set up is it's coming to America, it's called. But the two is now the number two. Okay. So I'm going to say sequel. And since it's Eddie Murphy, I'm guessing it's not like a next-gen kind of thing. But it just says it has them, so I'll lead off. Set in the Washington royal country of Zamunda, newly crowned King Hakim and his trust in Spiden embark on an all-new hilarious adventure that has them traversed in the globe from their great African nation to the borough of Queens, New York, where it all began. So it seems to be a return to kind of the old, uh, where they were, also, it has James Earl Jones in it, again. So oh, that's going back. No, that, that'll, but, sound, uh, that'll sound interesting. Now, is that something... I know you talked about it didn't sound like it's going to be, like, next-gen type thing, but is that something you wish that they would kind of do? Because I know you're kind of you're kind of interested in seeing how this is going to pan out. So, in your take, where would you go with it if you were, like, crafting the, the, uh, the sequel to it? In this particular case, I have to be honest, I have no idea where I would go because I just never would have thought oh yeah let's, let's make a sequel of this movie so probably hit on some of the familiar places they went to before but 
I mean, I'm not really sure where you would go, choose to go with it. There's a lot of openings. Hmm. Oh. It's like I said, it's just one I wasn't expecting to ever see a sequel for, so I never really gave it any thought. Like, huh. It'll oh. be interesting to see the dynamic between, you know, the parents, because they didn't exactly get along in the first one, and see how Eddie Murphy gets along with his wife's father, and different things like that. Plus, the world has changed a lot here, but how much has it changed uh, where they're from in Zamunda? I don't know how much you know about a movie coming out on my list here, and I'll, we'll go back and forth. I think that's a, that's probably the best way we'll go about it. Uh, Morbius. How much you know about the character of Morbius? Not very much. However, I have heard about this movie. I know it's uh, something so... Doesn't he try to, like, he's curing a disease he has and he accidentally turns himself into a vampire or something like that? Yes, it's a vampire in the MCU. And okay. uh, he first appeared in a Spider-Man comic, I do believe. If I am wrong, please jump in the comment sections and at me with this one. Uh, but I did... want to say I did hear something about, like, Spider-Man relation here. Yes. Or so... villain or something like that. Actually, anti-hero is the description I heard about him. It, it's one of those... It's one of those debates on because the trailer looks like, and I don't, I don't know, I don't have the rating in front of me, but it looks darker. So are we going to see more of a Venom coming out of this situation, like a Venom type, like rated R type, hard PG thirteen? It would be interesting because when you when you deal with the whole vampire aspect of it, and you think to yourself like, oh, okay, like a little bit of horror, a little bit of mystery. How far can we push this edginess? Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they officially rate it, or if they did rate it, or how it's going to be when it is rated in the theaters. And the fact that he's an anti-hero, not a hero, also opens a lot of doorways there. They can really go into that darker territory. Because when it's just generic, you know, hero, they seem to really be hesitant to stray into that, especially in the Marvel side of things. DC is more willing to go there, but Marvel's been hesitant. Can I say something that shocked me, by the way? This is off topic. Shocked sure. me. I, I turned on a Disney Plus just yesterday, and um, they put the Wolverine movie up. Not Logan, but the Wolverine when he, when he goes to Japan. Huh. I am shocked that's on Disney Plus because I, I didn't watch it. I don't know if they bleeped out some of the words. I don't know if, like, yeah, that's – for a movie itself now, it's not the Logan level. But for a movie itself, yeah, I'm I'm still kind of shocked that the Wolverine, like the 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 other X Men movies are on there, but the Wolverine movie is a little bit harder core than, uh, you know, than Disney Plus. That's like putting like maybe the second or third Transformers on Disney Plus type thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know there's an audience that likes Wolverine, and they're kind of in need of new content on there. If we see Deadpool go on, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, who knows? It was such the following that Deadpool has. It could very well happen. I wonder if they're going to do, like, ad rating sections so you can block out your children and stuff like that. Because they're all about this with a family mentality. Well, Netflix has a it's a pretty cool setup with Netflix because you can, like, create multiple accounts on, like, your, your one account. And, like, you can do a Netflix, like, kids type thing. So, like, it only will allow you to go, like, PG to PG-13 movies only. I believe the Disney Plus has something like that. I don't know if they have the kids section, but they have the multiple accounts. Yeah. So maybe they're just expecting parents to do that, the multiple accounts. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised how many, because Netflix only lets you have four, I believe. Although I think or they upped it. I think they have different like price ranges now. Okay. 
Like I think you, if you I pay if you sense. pay more, you can have like more people on the plan. It's kind of like a cell phone thing. Okay, makes sense. But also, they hiked their prices up here in December. I'm not too happy about that. But that is another off-topic yeah. discussion. That's, yeah. no, that's for another time. We'll come back to that. So, Jake, what's another movie on your list for 2021 for the listeners? So, as I said, kind of keeping with this uh, curious reboots, we've got Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, I'm not sure. Have you, uh, do you follow Ghostbusters at all? Did you watch those boxes? I watched the classics, but I don't remember them nearly as well as I should. Who are you going to call? Fair. Ghostbusters type thing. Uh, that's really... I can probably name some lines from it, but as far as... I don't know. I was never entertained by the idea of Ghostbusters. I knew you were going to bring this up, and I was looking over the list today, and I was like, do I want to include that in mine? It is not in mine, so I'm going to leave the floor to you to talk more about this. But no, classic movies, but reboots and continuations. Uh, how are we feeling about it? So this is... I'm very, very hesitant and kind of nervous about it. And so the big reason is, so there's the classic Ghostbusters 1 and 2. A lot of people only will go and say, oh, one's doing what we're talking about, ignore 2, it's terrible. I enjoyed 2 growing up. I mean, they both came out, you know, a long time ago. But I enjoyed both of them. And then in, I think it was 20, was it 2016, maybe 2015, somewhere around there, they tried to do a reboot of the series with, it was sort of like a parallel universe reboot. So instead of bringing back the old cast members, um, actually weren't, I don't think, all alive at that point. Um, they brought in four female for the lead, and they were kind of just the counterpart to who the originals were. So they kind of did this, you know, gender swap. It was like a gender bent Ghostbusters, rebooting from the beginning. And uh, it actually, I mean, probably the only takeaway from it that I think is, like, worth noting is it had a very curious soundtrack. Like, it had, like, bands like Fall Out Boy and different, like, Pentatonics and groups like that on their album, which was very surprising but also welcome but the movie itself was just inferior to the original Ghostbusters in every way except for CGI which of course obviously the CGI is going to be better in you know 2015-2016 compared to the original Ghostbusters and really just all in all with the fans and theaters the movie was a huge flop so now they're trying to do another reboot but this reboot is supposedly, also just for uh, clarification, the original Ghostbusters is 1984. So that's how much of a jump we have. Uh, I've got a lot of 80s movies in my list today, or 80s reboots. Uh, but anyway, so supposedly this Ghostbusters is set in the same timeline as 1 and 2. It's just 20 or 30 years down the line. It's going to have some of the same actual characters, not just main actors making cameos. Like, take Bill Murray, for example. He was in the Ghostbusters reboot as this sort of, like, skeptical, like, ghosts aren't real doubter figure. And it was really just to give him a cameo. He didn't have any, like, real role in the show or movie. But this one, supposedly, they're going to be, you know, returning to their original characters. This one, we're talking about Next Gen for Coming to America. This one's looking more like it's going to be sort of a Next Gen. Um, the Next Generation's picking up, maybe crossing paths with the original the trailer showed them finding the old Ghostbusters vehicle, the hearse. So it's really, I'm curious to see where they go with it and if they can pull it off, especially since the last one was such a failure. Can we have a Ghostbusters and Men in Black crossover? That would be interesting. 
I feel like Men in Black is more uh, philosophical than Ghostbusters, so I'm not quite sure how you can make the cross, but it would be interesting. Either that or, like, the other thing that was going through my head, I was like, boy, this would be cool for you to, like, include the Kingsmen. That could be interesting. The Men in Black deal with sort of more uh, sci-fi situations than the Kingsmen. The Kingsmen are more sort of supposed to be real world. But, I mean, they're both secret societies are kind of... And they have cool technology, too, so... That's definitely true. They could team up. Yeah, it's a shame the latest Men in Black movie was just also such a disappointment. Speaking of reboots with new characters, because they had Men in Black International, and that was, oof. Yeah. But, yeah, and like I say, sometimes it's just, you know, there's that original genre and idea that someone gets way back then, and they don't have the special effects, but they have the story and the curiosity and the passion, and it shines through, you know, even 20 years later. A Quiet Place is the next film on my list I'm looking forward to. This was a birthday film that I was planning on seeing last year for my birthday uh, because every year I like to at least have that one. There's always that good movie that comes out around the March time, you know, the feel-good-before-the-summer-comes type spring feel. And A Quiet Place was 2 was going to be it for me. And kind of bummed. That was, like, the first film that really got, like, thrown back to, like, midway through the year. They're like, oh, it's still going to come out in 2020. And then it's like, oh, it's going to come out later in 2020. And then it's uh, 2021. So that comes out in April of this year. Uh, it's still not really around my birthday. Maybe a month late, but it's fine. I'm still going to go see it. That's still the movie I'm looking forward to in April the most. Jake, I don't know if you ever saw The Quiet Place 1 or not. Uh, I know I, horror is not really your genre per se. I knew you were going to have this one on your list, though. Oh. I have. I do have a question for you about it, but I'll let you talk. Now, maybe tell the audience a little bit about the first one, and sort of what to expect in this movie. And I do have a question for you about it because I, I think I said I knew it was going to be on your list. The <laughs> question is, and now obviously. For people that on this list, we're still gonna, we're gonna give probably spoilers because I don't know how you talk about sequels without giving spoilers. Uh, I mean, you kind of should have saw it by now in that in certain cases, uh, especially a film that's been out for like three years now. Uh, so, A Quiet Place. It's gonna be interesting where they see it without John Karafinski, uh, or maybe they bring him back, but his character ended up dying at the end to save. Well, I mean, he came up with the technology and the idea. The girl used it, but. Still, he was his character died as a sacrifice moment at the end of A Quiet Place 1, and the ending was just like, okay, we found a way to try to defeat the monsters, we're going after them. And the Quiet Place 2 trailer was like, it was kind of weird, it looked like it took us back to the beginning of how it started, and it'll probably take us to where to catch up somewhere in the film too. So, because okay. it, seems, it seems like they made the kids a little bit younger in certain scenes in the trailer, and then it seems like they made them a little bit older, so maybe it's one of those It Chapter 2 moments where we're also going to get some more pre-story, you know, before the story, a little bit, like, more information about the kids as when they were young with the monsters, and then when they're older now, so. It'll be interesting to see... It will be interesting to see where they take it. I want to see the, you know, the one thing I always have a question about, we've had this question, um, especially Bird Box, so one year when it came out, we were having this big conversation about the Bird Box debate. Um, is it worth, I, I like seeing origins to certain things. I like knowing background, and I don't really know what these monsters are, other than the fact that they, to high frequencies, they react differently. So if we're going to get an origin, how it started, you know, they, they of course, make reference to, like, aliens, but... You know, I want to see the origin, but is that something that maybe the the creators and the writers shouldn't go t- too deep into and leave it up to the imagination? That's one of those things. Origin stories, it's very 
very careful when you're walking, particularly for horror films, and I'd also say thrillers and mysteries, that mystique around the creatures that are, you know, hunting you or you're hunting. A lot of times that's what gives them, and actually I shouldn't even just say creatures, often characters as well. You have that one, you know, sort of silent character sitting in the corner who kind of comes in and helps out. Um, and there's a risk when you explore their prequel stories. Because part of the draw of those characters and creatures is the mystique around them. You don't know what brought them to what they're at now. There's so many possibilities. And as an audience member, you can imagine all these different things. Particularly, you know, for like a horror film, whatever you're scared of, you can potentially imagine this creature coming from. And a lot of times, when you actually get the reveal, uh, I think of, what was, was it Apollo 18? It was a horror movie around, I think, 2013, 2014. Was it 18 or do I have the wrong number? Did you see that one? Was it 18 or was it the actual 11? Because, I thought it was 18. Because the question number. is, because I think the caption for that, like to market the film, I think there's a reason why we never went back. So I think it was whatever, whatever was the last one to land on the moon. Let me uh, do a real quick check. All right, yeah, it's Apollo 18. It was 2011. Oh, wow. You're... I get, we're older than we think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I kind of had a sort of like, hey, this happened a while back. It's just like decades age footage. footage. It's found and revealed from NASA. Um, but one of the big complaints I heard with that movie from people that like are into the horror genre, I didn't personally see it because, as you know, you already know, that's not my thing. But at the end of the movie, the last like section, they reveal the monster. And they didn't reveal the monster up until then. And when they revealed the monster, for a lot of people, it just, it didn't live up to the uh, fear hype. And so the movie was a big letdown because the creature itself, once it was out in the open and exposed, it just didn't match expectations. And you have that same risk with origin stories, that if your origin story isn't strong enough to match expectations, it's a huge disappointment, and you can potentially ruin the whole character, including in the original film. Now, I this, here's a question for you, too. Maybe it's a question maybe I'll just have to think more into as well. Is it is it like the sign of the time? Obviously, when you had Spielberg come out with Jaws, they had to build the, animated, or the animatronic shark. And, you know, for um, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, you know, they had to, like, do the models uh, of all these different creatures. And, of course, you had the original Alien films. And you had Star Wars back in the 70s that brought all these creatures to life that could like kind of afford it on a budget and like bring everything to life but the best horror films to me and i'm not really like a really deep horror horror fan but the best horror films to me did you ever watch the movie the thing no but like i'm familiar with okay so the best concept and i and sometimes uh, we're taught as writers to basically write things around what we can actually like know we like the locations that we actually have and know we can get and like the actors we have and we can get and like kind of write things to a simplistic degree because simple is like more in essence sometimes so when it comes to the when it comes to the thing when they had the idea that like they weren't really going to show the monster too much you're just going to show like people missing and like one of the people in the room was the monster and their characters are just like well is it you is it me who is it you know and so you don't actually see the monster you just get the concept that the monster is hiding amongst them and like shape-shifting into them after they kill them and mm-hmm. those are like your typical 70s 80s 90s horror film type genres there 
And I wonder if we should go back to that almost with the like the simple is more approach where you don't have a lot of the effects, but use the human emotion and like just different shots, different angles, different concepts in order to make somebody fear. I guess I think in many cases it's more effective because you let the audience's imagination sort of build up and they create whatever they're most afraid of. It plays on their fears and it sort of, it allows them to create more fear for themselves, which is what you're going for. Um, compared to, like I said, when you show the monster, it either is going to match expectations or it's not. And I'd say probably more likely than not, it's going to fall short, particularly for the hardcore horror fans, because the things they're already able to imagine is much greater. They spent a lot of time thinking about these things. And so I think there's a real benefit to having that sort of, you know, where you have shots where maybe you just see shadows instead of the creature itself, or it's foggy or the green, but and you find the aftermath, but you don't actually see the creature itself, or maybe you just see a little section of it slinking away out of sight, but you never get that full image. Yeah. Now I know um, you said I, you, I know you said you had a question for me. Was there a question for me about A Quiet Place, or did I kind of ask that already? Uh, so actually, this is going to be less question now, and it's more just going to be an answer to one of your questions. Because okay. so I was going to ask what you think about uh, John Krasinski returning in this sequel, since he's going to be making Return. Mm-hmm. But you said you didn't know, so congratulations, here's some news. <laughs> oh, so they actually confirmed it? Yeah, despite his character's demise in the first movie, he will be returning. So does that uh, does that mean that we're actually, what I said, getting more of a flashback type thing about how this more started? Oh, wait, actually, one sec. I didn't fully read the rest of the, this article section. He will be returning to direct the sequel. My bad. Oh. <laughs> oh. How dare you just rip out people's hearts that were just listening to this live. How dare My you. My bad. <laughs> no, but I, I do believe we'll actually see him in an appearance, whether it's via flashback or, or like... What happened, like a little origin at the beginning, and then maybe a picture or two will cross. Maybe the kids have a picture to hold on to, and they'll see him, and like, you know, there'll be something. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that character gets thrown out the window completely, because I think no matter what, that's still... Think about being a kid, not only in a horror film, but picture being a kid just in real life, and you lost your parent to that traumatic effect as the parent saving your life. I mean, that's going to be with you. I'm sure the kids will be reminiscing, and... Um, and if it's not, if it doesn't happen in the film, I'll be more disappointed with the writing staff for not bringing that stuff up because you just don't forget a parent, let alone a parent that saved you in that traumatic moment. So, also, so I just did a quick search a little more. He will be showing up in the film. Good, I figured. So I did not rip out any heart for more than a couple of seconds. So he will be back. Uh, it looks like he's going to appear in sequel flashback. So it looks like they're probably going the route that you were talking about. We're going to learn a bit more about why the world went silent. So the next one on my list, another reboot of an old series. Wow, we're really uh, running with this. And also another 80s series, so you probably know where I'm going with this. Top Gun Maverick. And again, it's mostly because, again, they're trying to bring back this classic. And Top Gun is an 80s classic. It's one of the most iconic movies that are out there, particularly, I mean, when it comes to, like, portraying fighter pilots and fighter dogfights, many people still argue it's the most realistic, best portrayed we've seen in cinematography. And so, will the sequel live up to the original? Where will they go with the sequel? All these questions are just, again, I want to see what happens, what they can pull off. Well, if it, they can 
Wow. It can't be worse than Independence Day reboot, so. You know, that movie gets a lot of hate, but I actually, like, didn't mind that one. Because I was like, this is putting off my nostalgia well enough. But I really, oh gosh, they went so hard on fan service in that film. I mean, I really don't know what you could have done. I, You know, those those are always hard things. Now, Top Gun, yeah, because it's more of a, a real person, real life scenarios and everyday, you know, situations. Uh, when you bring in aliens and stuff like that and... Uh, you know, try to do that and recreate those kind of moments, especially, you know, how many, how many plots have we seen of just like fighter pilots and stuff like that defending like earth from like aliens that happens, that seems to happen a lot. Yeah, that happens a lot. We don't see a lot of fighter pilot versus fighter pilot, but fighter pilot versus aliens all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a classic. Did they, in Top Gun, did they fight, what, what, um, I want to say what country were they under attack with or like, what was the, what was the setting of that? Do you remember? I want to say it was one of the, uh, like, Soviet, I don't know if it was, like, Soviets themselves or Soviet satellite. I want to say it was a Russian pilot. Okay. I was going to say, do you... It was uh, do you, War, I believe. Do you think they're going to... Do you think they're going to stick in that era still? Or do you think they're actually going to age with the times and, like, bring it more to modern day? So, it looks like it might potentially go sort of the next gen, but hopefully stay focused on Maverick. So, this movie is going to take place more than 30 years down the line. He's already, you know, he's more experience, he's really sort of made his position stable, and then says he's going to be training as a attachment of top gun graduates for a specialized mission, which no living pilot has ever seen. So, are they going to maybe go into like the realm of sci-fi a bit here with some sort of experimental plane? Is it just going to be a very tough uh, mission that, like, oh, we've never tried something like this before? Ah, uh, I don't really know, but I'm just I'm hoping. They don't lose sight of Maverick focusing on these new trainees. That instead they use him to help bring out, they use the trainees to bring out Maverick's character more and explore, you know, elements of his past and future and what's happened over this 30 years. They they do the ultimate G.I. Joe retaliation move. They oh, don't talk the... about that. <laughs> you, you didn't see it or what? Oh, gosh, that is so bad. <laughs> so bad. You know what I'm about to reference? The next G.I. Joe movie, hey guys. Well, no, 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 not only that one, but like the retaliation. I'm talking about. You, you said that they hope that they focus on Maverick. I'm over here like watch him do the ultimate G.I. Joe retaliation. They pitched, you know, from the first one to the second one that Channing Tatum was going to be a big thing, and they killed him like the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah, it was all about the Rock. That's all they cared about. Was having the Rock <laughs> everywhere. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you just killed Joe. How can you kill Joe? The, sh- the whole thing is called G.I. Joe, and you've killed Joe. Their, um, their license agreement was running out very quickly, so they uh, no more to Joe. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, that movie was... We want to talk about sequels. We shouldn't talk about that. That's the one. I did enjoy the cliff, uh, the fighting scenes, though, with Snake Eyes. You see, one of the things I struggled with that movie is it was just so different from the original. Like, the original was very sort of, let's push the envelope with, like, sci-fi, like, experimental uh, technology. Like, the girl had, like, a real gun, pistols, and all sorts of weird stuff like that. And the second one was more sort of, like, a gritty uh, boots on the ground. And it was kind of jarring coming from one to the other because you were expecting the first one, like, that style. And it was nothing like that. So I always just find that movie very jarring <laughs> and difficult to swallow. I mean, it's not to say either of them was really that solid of a film. But, yeah. I'm going to run through, I think, 
too quickly here films. While we're on the subject of that, since this is actually coming out, did you know they're doing another G.I. Joe? Yeah. Um, yep, the Snake Eyes one. Yeah. yeah, what are your thoughts there? I didn't put it on the list. It's, so. <laughs> it's not on the list. It's not on my list either. I just saw, oh, really? They're doing this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not on the list, but probably we'll check it out at some point in the future. Probably not in theaters or on the streaming service, but, you know, just whenever it comes out, probably free on TV. Um, so I'm going to run through a little bit. I don't know too much about this film, but it fascinates me. It looks like a Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, Dune. Dune comes out in October. Yeah, I thought this would be on your list somewhere. Yeah, that looks like a Mad Max Fury Road type ordeal. I don't know. I, I... Was there original Dune movies made back in the early? Uh, I'm gonna blank. Is and fans are gonna rip me apart, but I have a feeling like this is like a a reboot, a re like a rehash of that story. I believe. So I know. I mean, I know it started as a uh, science fiction novel. I think uh, 1965 science fiction novel, novel by uh, Frank Herbert. And uh, I want to say I never read that, but I want to say I. Uh, like saw or I, I got like someone was summarizing me because they were kind of raving about it and I can't say I really know what to expect from this like it might maybe have some Mad Max vibes but it's really not like it's not a post-apocalyptic yeah but it's a very different genre potentially now maybe it'll still have that same gritty style but I this is one like I hear a lot of people are talking about it and I kind of haven't decided where I'm at on it yet I'm intrigued is what I would say well, that's what I am, too, at this point. I'm intrigued. But I'm also intrigued by Uncharted coming out here in July. Um, Tom Holland seems to be the face of every Hollywood movie nowadays. And yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. Really but I, I, after watching the Uncharted fan film on YouTube when those high-end Hollywood actors got together and did like a, a, a spoof of it and a short film, I, it's hard to see anybody... Uh, like a Nathan Drake other than like that fan film because it was so well done I don't know if you referenced that one maybe I'll drop in the description below um, but it's, it's it's very I don't know we'll see Tom Holland fits all these parts uh, they're going with a younger Nathan Drake so mm -hmm. yeah the prequel to the games is it actually going to be is it actually going to be a prequel to the games is that what they're saying that's what they're claiming it's going to be okay showing us details of how he met and Befriended uh, Soldy. Gotcha. And as you said, it's gonna be a younger Drake. That means it's a younger Soldy. <laughs> this is really, you know, this is kind of. I feel like twenty twenty one is the year of uh, sequel slash reboot and origin stories. Well, it was originally gonna be twenty twenty for most of these, so let's let's give them a little bit of a break. It kind of all got pushed back in the one year. But with that being said, though, and of course, we got to hope and pray that these stay on date still because, you know, God forbid all these get moved back yet again. Uh, for some reason, it seems like the 2020 movies are going to turn into like the Avatar movies. It might just come out eventually. Someday we'll have movies again. Someday. And, you know, next year that's going to be on my list. God willing, it stays there, Avatar 2. Um, but yeah, so those are two quick ones, and then I'll throw in a, another one real quick I'm looking forward to, because this will probably be a good leeway into what we'll talk about next with you. Uh, the Eternals in November. I was expecting you to say Venom. Well, Venom we're, we're, don't worry, we're, get, we're getting there. I did say that one, but since it's Marvel, and I know we want to talk about the elephant in the room, uh, we'll go to Marvel then, after the Eternals here. Uh, Jake, your thought on the Eternals, and then lead us into the big one. 
So, I mean, this isn't one I've actually been following too closely at this point. I'm so far out, and there hasn't been a ton of information on it. But this should be Guardians of the Galaxy related, and you know I'm 100% on board with that. Like I said, I don't have a lot because I've kind of been so far out. I've been kind of really a lot of information. Yeah. Really well, that's a, that's the thing too. A lot of these, and it's it's also it's kind of like multiverse multiverse of madness with the new Doctor Strange and like the WandaVision. Like, what are they aiming for with this new version of Marvel? You know. So it is going to be an interesting kind of twist, a plot. We'll see what they're doing because even the I don't even, I don't know if it's on your list, but I think the Legends of uh, Shang Chi Shang Chi I think comes out this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I pronounced the A to that correct, but that's fine. I don't have it on my list, but I did see something that caught my eye on one. Yeah, so, so that's also coming out this year. So maybe that will give us more of a sense of style early on in the year to play into the new upcoming Eternals and the Multiverse of Madness and the moving forward in the MCU. Yeah, we don't even have broad synopsis for those as far as I'm aware. Like some of these we have, like, you know, like the Uncharted, like, oh, Tom Holland returns to play young. Um, we have little like blurbs, but as far as I saw, we didn't even have one for Eternals yet. Yeah, well, it's, how, it's it's still. Makes me wonder how far along they are in production. Well, it says November, so logically, yeah. probably we should get a trailer March ish, April. Normally, they like to at least yeah. do six months in advance, at least a teaser. This is one that wouldn't surprise me if it got pushed to twenty twenty two. Yeah, because I'm thinking it's so much before it already. Um, so before we hit the elephant in the room, um, just throwing out two more, actually a couple more sequels, Suicide Squad, I'm curious to see where they go with the new one. Very different cast from the original, looks like to be a very different style. And I believe I saw that they're making a new Space Jam. Yes, they are. Which again, a big loop from, was that also 80s, the original Space Jam? Well, it's whenever Michael Jordan played. Uh, definitely before my time, at least, that oh, thing was made. 90s, 90s, actually. My bad, 96. Oh, it was actually right at the same... Yep, yeah, it was actually right at the same date of birth. So that's all right. So there we go. So it's interesting to see that they're going back to that, because that's another movie I never expected to get a sequel. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to have Michael Jordan anymore. I think you're just having LeBron James in that one. Yeah, it's new, uh, new actor. I don't know, do we call them actors? Athletes? Whatever you yep, new say. athletes. Yeah, some of them are not great actors. But anyway, now it's time for the moment we've all been waiting for. The film of true anticipation for 2021. Black Widow. What's your opening thought? Uh, I'm interested to see it. Uh, when, mm-hmm. when It's weird because I was never really a, a Natalie person like i didn't really love the character black widow personally i actually liked hawkeye a little bit more than black widow but how they handled her throughout the last at least end game and infinity war made her character such a better arc than what i could have even pictured they used her for because you know her and hawkeye kind of got slid to the side like in the age of ultron the original avengers you know they were they were more just like background characters that were also heroes that we you know they interacted with every now and then but in infinity war and Endgame really pushed their arcs to the point where, like, now I'm more intrigued to see it. Mm-hmm. There are two characters I was always, uh, Black, Black Widow and Hawkeye, I was always pretty interested in them right from, like, when they first showed up, particularly, though, in Avengers, what, were their, what their roles were in that, like, the first Avengers movie, because unlike the other characters, they weren't some sort of, you know, 
superhuman with great powers. They weren't shooting lightning out of a hammer. They didn't just have, you know, they were a super soldier. I mean, in a way they kind of are, but not in the same way Captain America. They're more kind of relatable humans. They're the best of the best, but they're more relatable as like an every, you know, sort of every man, every woman. And so there were definitely characters I was already intrigued with because I'm already, that's kind of where I tend to look at. I love those more sort of gray characters like that. Uh, that aren't your classic heroes. Well, and plus it's more intriguing because you, now, granted, Iron Man's a mortal figure. So is Captain America. Like, they could all die, but, like, they still had, like, their own superpowers or super, super suits. Black Widow and Hawkeye were one of those characters that it's like, you know, going in the war, you know, as if Hawkeye would ever run out of, like, <laughs> of, uh, bows and arrows, you know, and, like, Black Widow would, like, not be able to, like, like break a leg or something like that. They wouldn't be able to, like actually heal themselves or you know like they were the they're characters that could they could actually yeah. physically die in every battle they went into uh that we could at least expect maybe just you know say end game say there's more avengers movies between uh age of ultron civil war and like uh, infinity war if there's more avenger style movies where all the avengers came together before they put the uh, the um um conclusion in with end game those were characters that you're like oh man they could eventually die in one of these films and uh well, it happened, but it happened at a higher stage. Which I did not... I thought Hawkeye was going to be the one to die. I did not expect that twist of it being Black Widow. It did surprise me, I have to say. But yeah, that's one of the things I think that like also makes it cool. Because unlike some of the other characters, I mean, these characters are always at serious risk. Like, they can go down at any moment. They're just, they're just human, you know? Um, but about this film, so... Yeah, I'm obviously, I mean, a Black Widow movie is something I've said for a good 10 years now. I'd love to see a Black Widow film. But I think, given the environment that it's coming out in, what I'm actually more curious for isn't so much just the film itself, like, yeah, I finally got a Black Widow film. It's rather, I want to see how they handle this film. Because it's going to tell us a lot about the next generation of Marvel. Because we don't really know what to expect with all of these upcoming films. It's a new era. We're in Gen 4 now, or Phase 4. And, I mean, what tone are we going to see the movies taking? Is it going to be like, are the ones that are sequels, the previous ones, going to be like the old ones? Is it going to be a whole new style? Is there going to be new agendas they want to push that are going to overwrite story? We don't know. And this movie should be a pretty decent tell about what we can begin to expect. See, are we going to have more on, say, the Captain America side, First Avenger? Or more of the Captain Marvel side. That's weird because you and me have two different interpretations of that. Because to me, Black Widow is like capping off what was the MCU of the last ten years. You know that we mm -hmm. that we grew up through high school with. That you know we went through college with. Those type of MCU. Because what where I really think is I don't know how you could unless there's some reason where you know somebody's like passing through with like putting the stones back after the end game period where like there's like a like a like a glitch in the matrix type field i don't know how you tell the story like a story moving forward maybe you introduce her her sister it looks like i think she is that um also seems to be a pretty accurate fighter and an agent um so what i mean is more so this movie set after uh civil war captain america and it's kind of while she's on the run and she has to sort of face elements of her past now that she's exposed. Um, and so, story-wise, it falls into the old phase, but it's also sort of the new era of, like, we've already finished Endgame. And it's going to, it's more about the style is what's going to tell us. Like, how are they going to 
present this movie, what the, is the tone of it going to be, what the interaction is going to be. Um, so less about the story moving forward and more about just general, like, what can we expect from these films? Like, I guess it's going to be more of, like, a Captain America first Avenger style. Like, that sort of... Like, you know, you get a very different experience by watching that movie and watching Captain Marvel. Oh, absolutely. Of course, it be watching Black Panther and watching Iron Man. They're very different feel. And which camp is this one going to fall into is what I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Because if they take Black Widow, a character who classically falls onto, say, the Captain America camp, Captain America, Iron Man, like it feels like old Marvel. She's a character that's been there since very early on um, compared to some new characters. Um, but if the movie feels like the new character one, we can definitely assure, like, be pretty sure the next phase is going to be all with that vibe. Not not to bring G.I. Joe back into the mix, but when I watched the trailer for Black Widow the first time, I thought to myself, they might go with a, a G.I. Joe retaliation type, you know, like when you go to the, to the mountains for the samurai and, you know, mm-hmm. I, they, they might do that type of, it might be different than both, actually. It might be just, they might actually be able to make its own style that might seem out of place in the MCU, but might also, like, might not be the Captain America, the first Avenger, or might not be the Captain Marvel type feel. It might actually just try to do, like, a, like, a epic ninja, um, uh, karate type feel to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could go with sort of that Eastern vibe. Like, uh, I don't know how many of the old Kung Fu movies you've seen. Um, or even actually you've seen Kung Fu Band, I'm sure. They're sort of certain like expectations in those kind of movies uh i'm gonna call them yeah real say kung fu movies and it would actually be really cool to see them sort of go that route i mean dr strange hits on some of the elements of, that are like sort of classic of those like kind of finding yourself and inner strength and things like that but it would be pretty cool to see them just go a whole new route with this movie not fall into any sort of like camp that we expect like i feel like the newer ones you tend to see a lot more meme references and things like that and all the old ones probably a bit more story emphasized, um, but also more true to the comics. I don't know where they're going to go with this, and it'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of pathways they have ahead of them. I'm going to throw in my final one real quick here, and that's Venom 2, like you were referencing before. I was uh, expecting Venom somewhere on your list. I don't, I don't really want to say a lot about the film because I, I'm just, I'm trying to even cut myself off from like thinking about like what could happen from it. You know, I'm just excited that Carnage is there. I'm just excited that we could still potentially see a Spider-Man cameo. I don't know how likely that is. It's not going to be like a major role, but you still might see Spider-Man. It'd be cool to see Tom Holland and Tom Hardy team up a little bit, even if it's just like for a split second on screen, because eventually, you know, they kind of do hate each other, and they kind of do become one and the same eventually in the comic books as well. So Maybe they'll show up in the end credits or something like that. It'd be cool. I mean, it's not... It's, it's not con- contractually. It's not really a problem they could do it mm-hmm. so we'll have to see where uh where sony and fox and where all where disney falls upon this so yeah i'm just looking forward to it i mean it's going to be a fun film uh hopefully they keep it dark keep it edgy keep it uh I, i'm not one for inappropriate jokes but i do like some of the <laughs> things that they threw in the in the venom one so mm-hmm. yeah venom was very different from what we kind of expect in the marvel movie 
Venom was he even... He also has that anti-hero classification, doesn't he? Yes, he does. It's even oh, it's even different than why... Um, because I believe, and I don't want to get the timeline messed up, but I believe the Deadpool 1 came out before Venom. I believe that's correct, like the first Venom. So it even had a different vibe than one Deadpool. And Deadpool went dark too, but it's almost like a... I kind of got like that that early Blade type feel from Venom 1. Okay. Yeah, Deadpool's more, I mean, he's, he's more comedy side because he's always breaking the fourth wall and yeah. different things like that. So you go in, in Deadpool, you kind of, you expect dark, but also like, it's like, a, I mean, dark humor. Yeah. Like a, dark with dark humor is a good way to probably put it. So I, I reference it more to Blade than I do anything else, but we'll see. Again, rumor has it that um, they're going to make a Blade series. Uh, so yeah, I'm nervous about that one, but thankfully I don't have to think about that one this year. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear they're bumping? No, I'm kidding. I'm not breaking news. That's not it. <laughs> that one was way out there. Yeah, that one's so far on the horizon. Which maybe that'll come back something with uh, what was his name? Mor- Morbius. Yeah. Uh, could could possible. could possibly happen. Just because you know maybe that'll somehow cross over because the vampire. Hmm. Um, since you mentioned Venom, are you looking forward to Spider-Man 3, which is currently set for the end of the year? We'll see if it stays there. You know, that's under my question mark list right now. Because it's more so like, um, end of, end of the year, I don't think it's going to come out this year. Me neither, but... So, and there's, there's three movies here that I have grouped in that category, and I'll, of course, talk about Spider-Man sequel here for the Spider-Man 3, but Don't Breathe 2, they're making a sequel to Don't Breathe, that came out probably about four years ago. Um, and they're also doing a Matrix 4 that's labeled for the end of the year. That so, was going to be my closing out film. So oh, well, well, we can still talk about that because I'll, I'll go back to the Spider-Man 3 here real quick and then I'll let you talk about Matrix 4. Uh, I don't think it's going to come out this year. I just don't see – I don't think – I think they shut down production on it too. And I think that's made it a little bit hard yet because I believe they're filming that over in the UK. And the UK is, of course, dealing with a whole different strain of this going on. Um so it'll be interesting, though. I I'm looking forward to see it. It's going to be um, what is this? Is this the one where they're advertising the possible return of all three Spider-Mans onto the cinematic screen? Maybe I've heard some talk about you know references. I think it might just be villains returning. I don't know if we're going to have all the Spider-Man, but okay. Well, there's I'm a gonna... lot of rumors around this one. I mean, maybe it's going to be the villains and I know they're mentioning you know, Doc Ock from Spider-Man Two. And uh, Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. And so it'll be interesting. You know, I don't know if the Spider-Mans will be back, but it looks like the villains are going to be back. I would love to see the Spider-Man back. Like, bring back Tobey Maguire. I'm 100% on board with that. Well, it seems like Did the fans... There's that one YouTube channel that's uh, called Toby in the MCU. Yeah. And he just edits, you know, like one-minute clips where he just sticks them in there instead of, like, other characters. Well, it seems like they're going to bring Garfield back too, so we'll see if we can get the three Spider-Man combo going on there. But and that this, really this is this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Um, Spider-Man to me, I really, and this this comes down to, and I this this is kind of the writer in me, and I was never a big fan of Spider-Man. Um, I liked his character, and I liked him as a side character, but it looks like they're pushing him to be the main of the MCU moving forward. 
And the more I think about it, I'm just like, I don't like that decision. I mean, he's the youngest out of them. There's probably more story to him than anybody else on this list right now. I thought it was going to be Black Panther, but obviously situations arose late in the year uh, that it's not going to yeah. be Black Panther moving forward. But again, I don't... Oh, sure. I just... Black Panther too. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be weird without him. To me, I just have that feeling when it comes to Marvel, and I'm going to get hate from this. Spider-Man is not the character you want moving forward if you're the MCU. Like, that's the main... I feel like Spider-Man is in many ways a marketing decision because Spider-Man has a ginormous following among fans. Like, you can't... Like, Spider-Man just... And I'm not just me saying Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Tom Holland's Spider-Man has a lot. Because Spider-Man as a character from the comics, from the previous movies, from the games, there is a very big obsession with Spider-Man. Like, I know people that were like... I mean, they'll go on and argue with you that Spider-Man is the greatest character that ever exists and Marvel and beat everybody else and just kind of will rate. Oh, I know. So that's I why That's why I'm going to catch flack here by saying that. But then. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably... I want to say, like, Spider-Man might have the most passionate fan base out of, like, Marvel heroes. Oh, my goodness. The cosplayers that go as Spider-Man. Like, it's like... If there, there's almost like when you go to the Comic Cons, it's almost like everybody's dressed as Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost unusual and not... has the biggest falling out of all those. So I can see why they might push that decision. But, um, so I'm personally, I mean, I like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 1 and 2. I didn't actually see the third one where Venom came in. But I remember 1 and 2. Actually, I remember 2, well, 1 and 2, I think, were some of the first movies I ever saw in theaters. Hmm. Specifically, I remember. I actually don't remember 1 in theaters. But I do remember seeing 2 in theaters with Doc Ock. And, um, but I kind of, in general, though, like I said, from, I do like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, but in general with Spider-Man, like, I'm not really into him like I didn't actually see any of the uh from the in full I've seen part bits and pieces of the new Spider-Man movies and I certainly avoided the amazing Spider-Man movies because I heard they were quite a train wreck and I just I don't feel a draw for Spider-Man like I feel for other characters like you know the Guardians or Doctor Strange or Black Widow I mean so uh, but, I but... totally who I understand you, where you're coming from. But again, like I, I'm trying to figure out because I don't feel connected to Spider-Man. Then I'm like, well, I'm surely have to have a character that I am connected to to move forward. But I don't like Captain Marvel's character. Mm-hmm. I think she's overpowered. Um, and then you have I wasn't a big Doctor Strange fan. I did sit through it just to watch it and review it for you because I was being nice. But other than that, like I still can't get into the Guardians films. I absolutely hate the Guardians. Never of the, seen them, I'm but. sorry, but I hate the Guardians of the Galaxy characters other than like when they're in Endgame and Infinity War. Watching a whole movie about just them seems absolutely stupid to me. I'm sorry, but that's that's my personal opinion. Um, I think we're going to need to do a challenge where like I'll sit through something for you, maybe like Frozen or something, and you'll sit through Guardians one. Why would you pick? Why would I choose you to pick Frozen? <laughs> <laughs> I know you always are like, how did you not see that movie? And I'm like, I have no experience in that. Yeah, but that one... Like, how do you not have <laughs> That wouldn't be like the first... Uh, I mean, listen, the songs are good, okay? And if you like musicals, I'm going to have you sit through The Greatest Showman. You actually might appreciate that, by the way. Oh, that's true. You probably would pick that one over probably the Jackman. Yeah, you'd, you'd actually appreciate that, I think. I think you'd actually become a big fan of that one because it doesn't feel like a musical. But besides the point, we'll do a challenge like that. But yeah, so, so it's not... The, we'll do that sometime. So yeah. it's not the Guardians... Guardians for, so it's not the right, Guardians. So Sorry. I can see where it wouldn't necessarily. Like, so there's else, half of the Guardians kind of sets off two vibes, particularly Guardians 1. And half of it is a vibe I think you would love. Because it's a really, it feels like an old sci fi opera. Like, it's got, like, it, sometimes I watch that and I'm like, this reminds me of watching Star Wars back in the old days. 
when you, you feel this expansive universe that you're like, these characters can live in here. And then there's another half of it that is sort of more in like the Deadpool vein, like it's sort of dry humor and stuff like that. And that side I don't see you getting into as much, which I think that's where your turnoff usually comes because mm-hmm. the characters are pretty ridiculous. And I mean, that's what's kind of amazing about how the movies work is because they're all ridiculous and you're throwing this group of just characters that would hate each other into a room together. And as you'd expect, they hate each other. Yeah. So, and from a storytelling perspective, like I, I really love what they do with the Guardians and take this old sort of thought experiment and it just runs with it. But I can see where you would like, especially from how they're shown in Infinity War and Endgame, I can see why you'd have that. And then there's, and then of course you get the rest of the characters. You got Falcon, which is I like Falcon's character, but Bucky should have got the shield. But yeah, but Bucky should have got the shield. So I would have been more entertained with Bucky. But I don't know. Are they strong enough to lead something moving forward? I don't know. I mean, I mean, Thor is probably your best bet. So that was, so that got it's what is it called? Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or or something. They're teaming up. It's going to be the pair of them. Yeah. No, what's weird is so what's happening to Captain America's shield? Are they just getting rid of the shield? Well, because here, it looks like Falcon is still Falcon with his high tech gear. Here's the, the here's the problem I have because Falcon, of course, looks like, and I'm not saying he looks like Tony Stark, but he's got like the you know the the uh, equipment and stuff like that to do that. Meanwhile, Bucky's got the shield, so I just hope this doesn't happen. I hope that we don't repeat like you no know, history repeats itself. But I'm just hoping that. We don't have like those two. Like every series is them moving forward. Their friends are friends are friends, and then they get into a civil war because it's just going to look like Captain America versus Iron Man again. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. So uh, I the one thing is though, Falcon has always been Team Cap. I could see maybe Tom Holland becoming new Iron Man because he's got pretty, he's got a fair bit of tech in that suit. Is yeah, and he was mentored by Iron Man, so maybe it could divide in that route. But yeah, it's it's tough to say. I, I definitely I hope they don't just repeat that as well. I'm not really sure. The comics are always, they're very branded because they've gone so many different routes when it comes to losing Captain America. Because yeah. both Bucky and Falcon have had the shield before as far as the comics go. But it, like I said, it looks like in the movie like they might just, I mean, from a little bit of clips we've seen, like they might just kind of be ignoring the shield. Like Bucky's got a new arm, Falcon's still Falcon with his gear, and I didn't even see the shield anywhere. Yeah. So I, maybe they're just going to be like set it in a museum and ignore it. I don't know. Well, if it would have, I would have been okay with that if we didn't have the scene where he gave it to him specifically. Yeah, that was that was it was an edge choice. Like if if he would have kept the shield back because he didn't need it anymore and he would have just lived his life or whatever and he could have put it in the museum as old cap or whatever, like and we didn't see it in the final scene, but he handed it to him. I'm yep. just, I, He's yeah. the next Captain America. So if he doesn't have it, uh, gonna be problems. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't know. And I, I did you I see that? I'm, I'm sorry to bring this up, but did you understand why they did it? I'm sorry to bring this up, but did you uh, did you see that meme of um, there was somebody posted a, or screenshot a picture like on Amazon? It's like Ray's lightsaber selling for like two hundred dollars, and then it had a caption of like the screenshot from the Phantom Menace, and it's like my name is Annie. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> so that's kind of like the Captain America thing I was going with there, the shield thing. It's like, no. I, I have seen a lot of things with that. Like, it's like, Ray's like, it's like, no, it's not. It's just Anakin's lightsaber. Yeah. But, hey, marketing. All right, well, I'll let you get into the last film, and then right, we'll take a little break here and then uh, dive deeper into the, what we have for TV shows. All right, rounding back out. So 
this is another one I, I never expected to see a sequel. We'll just leave in with that. Uh, the Matrix 4. I thought The Matrix 3 rounded things out pretty good. We said we'd have a reset of The Matrix. And, but it seemed like we had to kind of hit the best possible ending compared to the previous renderings of The Matrix. And apparently we're back. We're re-entering The Matrix. We've got Keanu Reeves, thankfully, and Carrie Ann Moses. Uh, Moss. Uh, I don't know if we have Morpheus back, but I'm going to assume we will because he's been doing a lot of films lately. Like he shows up in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I just saw last night. Yeah, Lawrence 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 Fishburne is still a pretty good active. Like he's an active actor, so he's still like it's not like he's taken hiatuses. He's been pretty much on the Hollywood spectrum still. So mm-hmm. I can see him still being I haven't there. Haven't seen his name on the list yet, but I maybe I just missed it. Well, they're setting up for the Matrix Five. No, I'm kidding. He'll 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 pull the Luke Skywalker at the end and show up and be like, I'm back. And so it's um uh, so I like I just this is one I just never expected. Again, this is. So 2020 was a year of, you know, everything's going down. 2021 was a year of, I did not expect that, maybe. Uh, and I just, I didn't, again, this is a movie, so it's set for December 22, 22nd right now. It's sort of, like, estimated release. I think this will be pushed back into 2022. Um, but if it's not, I don't know what to expect from it. I mean, I guess we have to go back to the cycle. It's by, I don't know if it's going to have the team of directors. It definitely has one of the original Wachowski directors. Um, Lana Wachowski, which they're, they're not brothers, they're sisters now. And I, yeah, what are your thoughts? Like, I'm just, I'm kind of blown away that this is happening. Like, I'm just baffled. And so, I mean, the last, I think, big film we saw from them was Jupiter Ascending. And did you see that film? I did not, no. I think the best way to sum up that film is fabulous special effects, horrible story. Like, the characters, the plot, it was all just like, okay, things are happening, whatever. I mean, it it doesn't shock me that they're trying to capitalize on the Keanu Reeves era kind of right now with the John Wicks of the world and stuff going on. Um, He's big again. He might even be bigger than he was originally. Yeah, like and plus they, they just made another uh, Bill and Ted, you know, that came out not too long ago, reliving yeah, his childhood. Was, uh, yeah, that's that's the <laughs> So, I mean, they're, they're capitalizing on it, so it does not shock me that they said, well, we're going to make a Matrix 4 um, am I looking forward to it? I don't know. I kind of fell off after Matrix 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my... Per- For the longest time, I didn't see 3 because, like, it just was never around. But I did eventually see it. It had some good moments. Um, it's definitely... I mean, 1 is the best one. 1 has the most thought-provoking moments going on because it's so... They're based on the old, uh, Descartes, uh, thought experiment of like what can we tell is real, but they push it into the genre of, well, maybe this computer simulation, uh, rather than the dream realm that it goes to deception. So same concept as that. Two just kind of, they tried to make their own story within it, and three tries to round out the story. Which, uh, did, um, now you said you didn't see three. The ending of three kind of, they reached the end of the simulation and sort of like resets with like the Oracle and the Architect, and uh, I want to say the child was there too, but I could be wrong. And it's like, oh, yeah, we'll see him again. But it really kind of, it, it was an ending. It really, it felt like an ending. It seemed like a good place to stop. Because it was like, oh, well, this time uh, Neil has achieved the best possible of, like, the ending. Because, again, it was a cycle. Every time, like, he died, there would eventually be a new one. Or he'd take 20 people and start the new Zion. Or there was just different paths like that. And I, guess, I just, I don't know. 
I just don't know what to expect from this movie. Like, it's not something I thought I would see. And I hope it's not just a cash move. I hope they actually have, like, a new thought-provoking, like, storyline to go with it. That it goes back to the roots of the original Matrix and it has something that really makes you go, wow, I don't really think about that. What if this is true? What if this is just a simulation? You know, based off 2020 and what 2021 has started to be, uh, I think we're in it already. You, you don't know. And that, I mean, that's one of the cool things. That or or we're breaking out of it, and that's why it's crumbling around us. I mean, maybe. It's trying to... So there's a line somewhere in the first movie where they said the early renditions of The Matrix were a huge failure and people would stay asleep because it was too perfect. Yes. So maybe it was like, eh, people are waking up, it's too perfect. Like, hey, with COVID, knock them back down. Because they had to throw hardships into the Matrix so that people would believe it. Yeah. So maybe it's just, and if someone hit the hardship button and accidentally dialed up too high, they were supposed to turn it to like hardship level three, and they actually put it to like 30. But you never know. I mean, there's there's a true argument that like we're in a simulation. I actually, I saw a uh, an article in a scientific journal once, uh, and I believe, oh, what was the stat? I think it was a one in five chance we're in the simulation or something like it was a very high statistic because normal previous estimates were like pretty low or just would say hey we don't know but this one was like arguing like no there's this much of a percentage that this is a simulation we're leaving in yeah and well, I mean it would we we interesting we definitely all have our opinions and probably that would be a pro- that would be an interesting episode in itself if we decide to do that one day and talk about the Matrix in general and about maybe comparing it to reality as we know it. That would probably be an episode in its own. And bring Inception to it because it's the same concept. Yeah, you're not wrong. Inception's a good movie. It was ranked in the top oh, yeah. ten. It was ranked in the top ten of our best films of the decade from last year or last, from last oh, decade. Fantastic so. movie. But yeah. So now we're going to switch over a little bit to our final segment and we're going to talk about TV shows. This is something that we haven't really talked about really. I mean, between me and Jake, we've talked about this quite a few times and Quite, for quite a few years, but we never really discussed TV shows too much on this program alone. So let me start off by um, saying, did you ever watch the show Dexter? No, but heard a lot about it. All right. Well, that is apparently coming back on Showtime, so that'll be an interesting one. Uh, I think that's a mid-2021 release date. Like a new season of it or just some sort of rerun? They're continuing. They're bringing back the original um, – Oh, they're bringing back the original actually, writers and creators. Now's a good time for shows if you can get them out. Yeah, and people and, are really going for shows. And I know a lot of people were disappointed by the end of it, and they wanted to do at least one more different type of finale. But I don't think they're gonna, you know, they, you don't bring a show back for one season just to cancel it again. You know what I'm saying? If you're Showtime, so General, maybe you'll get a season nine of Game of Thrones so they can fix season eight. Well, maybe. I mean, fans would like that, but. Uh, we can't really comment because, you know, it's it's very uh, divisive, that franchise, you know. You, we, we, we can't do that. That's like that's like asking to uh, to bring back, uh, you know, redo the Star Wars trilogy, you know. It just, people get upset over that. I mean, if they redo the sequel trilogy, I'm okay with that. Oh, I mean, I think we're all okay with it, but we can't say that to the corporate heads, you know. Not yet. Give it a couple more years until there's a little bit of a switch of power, shall we say. In Filoni and Favreau, we trust yeah, they chop it out, I think. This is the way. This is the way. All right, so we were talking about, I think this is a good place to start because I know it's a show we're both curious about. And in the previous episode segment, we 
saved this one for towards the end, the one we both knew in common. But we might as well jump right in this time. What are your thoughts on WandaVision? Is that something you're looking forward to? It's actually slated to be released fairly soon. Yeah, yeah. Wand WandaVision to me, it's it's a little bit weird because I don't really know what they're going for. I keep showing you the uh, the uh, um, the old fashioned like sit down uh, the sitcom type feel from like the eighties and nineties. Um, at least maybe it's eighties, nineties, probably seventies. I'm not too good with my sitcoms, you know, but. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect of this. Is it all going to be like a, a sitcom? I'm sure it's not going to be. I'm sure it's going to go uh, break into like action and uh, and probably some romance there because of WandaVision. But I, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect from it, but I'm looking forward to it. That's kind of how I've been. It's definitely one like I just I don't know what their plan is. It's got some interesting vibes and there's a lot of ways it can go. Like if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of taking place in her head. And who knows what's going on in there. Oh, so, so you, I'm curious. So I won't say, like, I don't feel hyped for it like some of the other shows that we're going to talk about in a bit, but I'm intrigued. So you think, I'm curious. So you think this is all taking place in her head? Is that what you're hearing? I know that was one of the big theories. Okay. Huh. I don't know if it was actually confirmed or not. I haven't been following too closely. As I said, it's not one. It's one I'll watch. I'm interested. I'm curious about, but I'm not so invested in it as some of the other ones. Gotcha. So when it comes down, well, I mean, let's talk about the other one. So let's go with Hawkeye next. Hawkeye, I'm sure you're looking forward to it just as much as I am. Again, we talked about Hawkeye and uh, and Black Widow there for a little, for about a five minute segment that we had earlier in the program. Um, thoughts on how they're going to handle the Hawkeye situation? Is this before Endgame or post Endgame? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I could see them definitely going before, and they've expected like have some uh, crossovers like some Black Widow cameos and kind of explore like his old days before the Avengers that's one route I could definitely see them going but they might also go post Endgame and see how he handles you know losing Black Widow just re being reunited with his family uh, kind of coming to terms with all of the things he did in between Infinity War and Endgame because he went on quite a rampage there so there's a lot. I'm thinking one of those two areas is where they're going to go. Well, when his character name changed to Ronin, which is what he was like in between that period of Infinity War and Endgame after the snap, and uh, when they picked him up between that five-year period, you know, when he just goes yeah. on that tear through Tokyo and and across different countries and basically becomes like a mercenary figure. Um, I would like to see that, but I don't think Disney Plus is going to go down that road. So. No, I don't think we're going to see that yet. Maybe down the line, if whatever series he is is pretty successful, maybe we'll get like its own, you know, a Ronin spinoff. We'll get to see a bit more of what happened there, like maybe a movie or maybe a, a little series, like a mini series, or maybe even a full show. So that could be something for down the line, but I don't think we're going to get it now. So again, like I said, we might get flashbacks or just lots of hints about what happened as he's, you know, facing like. The aftermath of Ronan. Maybe old enemies come for him and his family, or he has, you know he's struggling with some sort of trauma or PTSD. But yeah, I, I'm definitely curious about that window as well. And there's one more Marvel I know we're going to talk about here. So what is it? Loki. Good old Loki. Where's that one going to take? Where's that one's going? Where do you think that one's going to take place? They could jump around with him so much. He jumps through time kind of very frequently. Especially, well, didn't he? Well, do we ever? Did we ever get a clarification when he left with the, um, with the stone in New York City when they were trying to find it? 
No, that's like the one thing like no one was talking about after the movie came out. I was like, guys, what about Loki? And no one was talking about it. Everyone was like, oh yeah, Loki's there. I don't think anything's going to happen. And I was like, no, you know Loki is going to do something. You know something's going to happen. So I've actually, I haven't watched any of the uh, exclusive like looks on it yet, but I already know like I'm on board with this one because just, I mean, Loki is such a fun character and... Uh, what's the action? Tom is that Hiddleston? Hiddleston, yep. Yeah, and it's just done a fantastic job with Loki. I mean, every time he appears, I'm like, all right, let me see more. <laughs> yeah, Loki's one of those characters that you kind of just, even though he's more portrayed as a bad guy, he has his moments of good. Uh, but he's a character you definitely fell in love with, especially early on in the MCU, because what, Thor was the second Avenger that came to light, or was Cap? the second do you remember it was Iron Man to kick it off but I yeah, believe Iron Man started it oh, I believe gosh. Thor was next first Avenger is July 19th 2011 in the US and Thor is this one's gonna be tough because I'm gonna get probably just some basic Thor stuff uh, May 2nd of 2011 so Thor came first alright well, yeah, but he was not either, by much, but either way, it's a moot point. But he was one of the first Avengers that you, the first Avenger movies you kind of like fell in love with there. Um, but yeah, I don't really, I don't really know where to go he's with one Luke. of the core three too. Because I mean, when you think about like, probably the three most iconic Avengers, you think Iron Man, you think Captain America, and you think Thor. Yeah, and I mean, you know, maybe Black Widow and Hulk as well would be other two big ones. Do you think now? You could probably argue Hulk was probably the uh, first or second because he had all those, you know those other movies before that I think are technically canon, but I mean, we don't if, really talk if, about if, them. If they make technically canon and they bring uh, Tobey Maguire's into the MCU here, I mean, do we have to count them as the original before Iron Man then? Oh. Or like, like how do... oh, that gets complicated then. <laughs> yes, it does. It gets very complicated then. Mm-hmm. And if they bring... Well, the Hulk one, I think you can argue a little more because they have that, uh, they change the actors after yeah. the one Hulk movie, and it, but it's still the same Hulk. It's just he's supposed to be older or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting uh, point you bring up that I mean no one's really arguing about, but fun to think about. Are we gonna see Are we gonna see old Asgard or new Asgard when it comes to the Loki series? That's a good question. I mean, my thought is they're probably going to pick up after Endgame when he takes the Tesseract. But the problem is, I mean, he has the Tesseract. I mean. He can kind of, with that kind of power, he can probably go anywhere. And that time period he's currently in, Asgard hasn't been destroyed yet, so he might go changing the timeline for all we know. That could possibly happen. I feel like he probably won't. I mean, Loki's pretty smart, and I think he'll know not to mess with that. Yeah, and I think think for season one, too, if they want to keep the budget down to see what they got, probably not going back to old Asgard, probably just going to stick around with, like, a new cast and crew. Like, it's easier to probably design a spaceship than it is to design a whole, like, city. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, though, is probably CGI, and they can probably reuse sections of the old one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a few other uh, series coming out on Netflix, and they're not just coming out, they're also bringing out season two and season four, I believe. But Outer Banks, that's something I'm looking forward to. So they were able to find... Like, uh, I feel like our next wave of shows just for the audience, I think our next wave is going to be Netflix shows. Yeah, I'm just going to... Nothing here. That's really, I mean, Netflix has been just hitting it out of the park lately with shows. You know what? Everybody bashed them, and then the pandemic actually, it actually helped them more than it hurt them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, they came out with so many great things. Like, I'm not, you know me, I watch movies over shows generally, but I've been watching a whole bunch of shows on Netflix, and there's a whole bunch I'm looking forward to that we're going to get into here. So this is, might as well just dub this our Netflix section. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Outer Banks, looking forward to that. Season 2, Season 1 was really was actually a really good season. I actually uh, appreciated that one. But again, that's about kids found a sunken ship belonging to the guy's father. And uh, you'll find out what the rest is, so go check that out. That's pretty early on in the episode, so there's a lot of twists and turns along the way. And I'm going to jump into, and I'll leave the the last one for you, but I'll jump into Stranger Things. I don't think you're really a big fan of Stranger Things. I was going to ask if you were someone that follows Stranger Things. A I, lot of people, kind of, after season two, I hear there's just a huge quality dip. And a lot of people kind of dropped off. I didn't feel that in season three. I felt there was a lot of repetitive things. Like you can only go, you can only do so much with what they've been doing. And they were even contemplating bringing it back for another season. So could be the final season. Netflix really doesn't like to do things past season three, but this is on to season four. And yeah, so Stranger Things, looking forward to probably the season or the series finale. Uh, but again, you don't know. I mean, that's that's a big hit for Netflix, so they might just keep it going just to rake it in. So, I mean, it's quite possible because I mean, it's really been. I mean, they've got so much press from that, and yeah, it's not as big as it was, but it's still pretty high up there. It's definitely a recognizable name, even if it doesn't have the following it once did. Okay, one, since I don't think you've watched this one, but um, and we'll maybe come back to some we know. The Umbrella Academy season three. I've heard it's set to start filming in February here, and maybe we'll get it out by the end of the year. Uh, have you, you know anything about Umbrella Academy? I have never seen it. I've heard of it, but I've never even saw the ads for it. So go ahead and tell me what it's about. So it's got kind of like an anti-X-Men vibe. Like, it's kind of like, you know how Charles Xavier kind of brings in, you know, kind of wealthy guy, brings in all the uh, sort of people with different powers and kind of molds them into, like, superheroes is what he's going for. This is something like that. An extension and a eccentric billionaire gets a bunch of people who are pretty much they're in special powers and his goal is to kind of mold them to superheroes and he calls the Umbrella Academy. But the way he goes about it, it really it explores later in life, like when he dies, is actually when the series starts. And they're so dysfunctional. They're such a mess. Uh, they're pretty much all terrible people. And what really kinda of kicks the plot rolling is one of them that's able to jump to space and once jumped through time and got stuck in the future, finally finds his way back to the original people just as they're at this funeral. Hmm. And he finds, he tells them, hey, the world's going to end in, it's like one week or something, seven days, six days. It's pretty close. And he's like, I need your help to stop it. And it's kind of funny because he's a little boy, or he looks like a little boy. He looks like he's like 12 or something. He's actually like 80, though, because when he jumped back in time, he messed it up, and so his body aged back, but his mind didn't. And everyone else is maybe like 30s or something. And like I said, completely dysfunctional. One of them's got huge daddy issues. One of them's just an absolute um, alcoholic and druggy. Uh, one of them's trying to be a superhero, but he's more of just a vigilante with knife. And they're just, they're all a mess. And they're kind of dynamic is what makes it fun. And the villains they face off with are like some of the best. Like, there's this uh, a pair of assassins that are sent after them, and they're two of my favorite characters in just television shows. It's fantastic work with them. Now, are, so are, it's are, are these kind of uh, are they kind of just made up superheroes and villains? Like, are they are they like original? Are they did they come from like a book or is there some backstory? So there's a lot of references to like comic books, 
and I'm not sure if that's like an Indian universe thing, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, based on a comic book series. Maybe from like the 80s. Okay. I'm actually, I can check. I mean, they're comic characters as they're original, but I don't know where they... I know nothing about that early. Did you have another Netflix show that you want to talk about, or did you want to go right to the the big, big one? Uh, so I'm waiting for Dragon Prince, which is, it's made by the same creators that did Avatar The Last Airbender. The animated one, not that movie that we're not going to talk about, and definitely not the show that is, uh, they're trying to develop, and that the creators walked away from because it's apparently such a disaster and deviates so far from the original. Um, that's a cute little, it's light, it's not very deep, but it's cute and it's pretty entertaining sometimes. So that's something maybe at the end of the year we might get. Looking forward to that. You have to, um, if you get the chance, you have to look up the, uh, one character in that. Uh, the baby dragon, it's just adorable. It's like baby Yoda levels of cuteness. So anyway, I think we're both looking forward to this. The Witcher second season. Yeah, so Witcher season two. Now... Did you, I'm not sure you heard the news, but they're planning to do a prequel series for The Witcher. Did you hear about that? Wasn't that cartoon version, though? I was under the impression it was going to be, it was another Netflix, and it was going to be uh, real people, live action again. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I had heard. Yeah, um, I did hear something about a cartoon in development, but I'm not 100% sure. But, I mean, this is, for somebody like me that only watched the series, I never actually played the video games. So... Mm-hmm. For me, it doesn't matter necessarily if they go back and tell some prequels to me or, like, switch mm-hmm. up the story because I'm not big into the canon. But I hear there's a lot of um, – well, I mean, we all have our different – like, with you with the with going back and trying to readjust canon, I mean, we're both the same way with Star Wars between the Disney and the Legends. Um, what can you say about – do you feel like it's a good idea for them to go back and start messing up with The Witcher or – do you think you, For do you embrace the idea? Do it after season one or even after season two. I think it would just be disastrous. And here's my reasoning. So I'm not as deep in the lore as many people are. Uh, I've only actually played the fir- well sections of the first game. I haven't played the second game or the third game, which is what most people talk about. Um, though, from my understanding, they take place far after where we're currently at. But what I did do is I read a fair share of the books. And... The book that is in line for where, what's going to be next in the series has, a, like, a big component of it is kind of exploring the history of the Witchers, slowly learning more about them, kind of experiencing their mystique. Because in the next book, we'd be meeting some other Witchers, and there's just a lot of mystery going on in there. And I think if they do a, jump back and do a prequel, tell us all about the Witchers, you're going to lose that mystery. You're going to lose that element of suspense that otherwise would be going into this next season. So I think it would be a terrible decision, not because, like, I don't think, you know, not saying, like, they can't, you know, maybe do it well or something like that, but rather it would undermine what's coming ahead of us. The only show I have left on my list, to go back to Disney+, Plus, the book of Boba Fett was announced. Oh, yeah, we've got a couple uh, TV shows that have been announced for Star Wars. How did we miss that? (laughs) Well, I mean, there's only one that I'm really looking forward to there. Uh, the Book of Boba's, I'm not really looking forward to, uh, I don't know if they're on your list or not, so I won't really mention names yet. Um, but yeah, The Book of Boba, I know that you have not finished The Mandalorian se- season yet, so uh, I'll keep everything under wrap and key, but obviously you've, you're kind of up to date on that this has obviously been announced. 
Yeah, I have heard about that one. Now, it's one of those at the same time, though. It kind of falls on the Obi one where I was like, well, let me see if it actually happened, because they've been teasing Boba Fett for, like, you know, since Disney purchased. But it is set for, uh, I think, currently end of the year, December or so. Yeah, and and uh, wouldn't be surprised if it gets pushed back. But, yeah, I well, mean, they... I haven't really seen what they've done with Boba much in Mandalorian. I'm not that far. They did but not confirm. They did not confirm a Mandalorian season three for this year. So people are speculating that the Book of Boba will, re- will replace Mandalorian season three right now for this year at least, and then season three will come in twenty twenty two. That would be interesting. I don't know. They'll do. How do you feel about the Bad Batch getting a show? Uh. I didn't really care for the. Well, I mean, I I do like the Clone Wars, but I didn't really care for their group in the Clone Wars. They feel, at least to me, they're like kind of knockoff Delta Squad, which I don't think you're too familiar with Delta Squad, but they just that's what it feels like to me. It's knockoff Delta Squad, or Delta Squad is like a fully functioning like commando unit. Bad Batch just kind of takes you know their one personality and just puts it over the top. I mean, I would ju- I would just like to see a Clone Troopers um, live action film from like Order sixty six, basically. That that would be something. If you're telling, you know, me, I always. I'm always happy to see more clone troopers. That's my favorite era of Star Wars because there's just so much you can do with it. And I mean, I'm always on board with that. Though I have hesitant, you know. I mean, they, I just up. they could literally take the original Star Wars Battlefront to the video game of the 501st Legion, and like, even though we know like the story and the campaign mode of that, they could literally <laughs> just take that same story and make it a live action series, and I'd be fine because. Oh, I wish they wouldn't do it, but I wish they would. I mean, could you picture the idea of going back and watching, like, just seeing, say, I, well, I don't know where, no, Rex wouldn't have been there at the time because he escaped with Ahsoka. Um, but say, it was just, well, Cody would still be around, I don't know. But anyway. Say, yeah, Cody survived, at least in old canon, Cody goes on to train Stormtrooper cadets. And yeah. he hates his life, and he regrets everything he did, and he gets super depressed and whatnot. So say that Cody goes back to Camino to take out, like, remember in the campaign mode there was a new upbringing of actual decent clone troopers? Mm-hmm. You went back in and had to fight, like, the brothers and stuff like that and your own clones. I feel like that would be such an emotional story arc after coming off the Jedi Temple, but... Mm-hmm. There's just, there's so much they could do in that time period. Now, so an interesting thing I just saw that uh, might interest you is so when you search for the Bad Batch online to get a release date it has like some cast mentioned and one of the things that has mentioned in the cast is Ming-Na Wen now we've seen her in the Mandalorian uh, if you're not familiar it's the actor that voices Milan okay if you've ever seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Melinda May and in the Mandalorian she's from that episode with uh, I think it's called the Gunslinger and they go out into Tatooine in the desert and they have to get the one assassin okay Yep. She's the assassin that they capture. Hmm. And so she's listed as a cast member here. I'm not sure if that's a mistake or what, but uh, she's in there as Fennec Shand is her character name. I can't remember what it was in The Mandalorian. So there's something interesting for you. Well. So uh, with that, do you have any more shows you'd like to add to your most anticipated list? No, we've gone through a pretty good majority here today. Actually, we've gone through a lot today between movies and TV shows, and I believe we're 
boy, we're 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 getting close to two hour mark. This will be the longest podcast that we've had in well, probably ever. Jonathan, I had I had Kevin Walker I had Kevin Walker on, and I think the longest I've gone was one sixteen. Okay. So this will be. I think we might have surpassed that, but it's tough to tell. Yeah this this will be a this will be a new record when it comes out. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Jake, thank you for joining me today. And uh, hopefully you guys, well, let's just hope that none of these movies and TV shows get moved due to COVID situations. Uh, but we, we hope you all stay happy, healthy, and safe. And we look forward to uh, geeking out on these new films and TV shows in the new year.